Hey, welcome back to the Christopher Gabonetti show. Let's see what groovy stuff we got for you. <clears throat> Trump news today. Lawyer refused Trump demand to tell archives docs returns. 14 hours ago. Um, 49 minutes ago. Politics girl stopping the mega monsters in key swing states. Politics girl. Do you have an invention idea but don't know what to do next? So Go yeah, welcome back and shout out to KAMP Student Radio at the University of Arizona. And KPYT Pesquayaki Travel Radio on the Resbatrista Show. So, you know, when people say it's American as apple pie, like they really, that is legitimately Americana. <laughs> Going out, being in an apple festival, drinking some cider. I love right. you walking in a parade. That's so wholesome and honestly so lovely. <laughs> Politics Girl podcast. I'm your host, Lee McGowan. Let's get into it. Today, we're continuing our series leading up to the midterms called Candidate Conversations, where we chat with candidates from across the country who might not be getting as much press, but whose races are deeply important. Today's podcast will be split into individual conversations with two amazing Democratic congressional candidates, both from their state's third district, Brad Paff from Wisconsin's third and Marie Glusenkamp-Perez from Washington's third. These are two of the closest races in the country, and both candidates are running against pro-Trump, pro-insurrection, mega-superfans who promote the big lie and are vehemently anti-abortion. Both candidates are Democrats with deep ties to the community, rural backgrounds, and are believers in women's rights. Brad Path grew up and worked on his family's dairy farm in Wisconsin. He knows the land, he knows the people, and he knows what his district needs. Path was a staffer for Democrat Ron Kind, the outgoing congressman for 12 of his 24 years in Congress. He spent eight years at the Department of Agriculture under Obama and served as the Secretary of Agriculture for the Democratic Governor Tony Evers. He is currently the incredibly popular state senator for Wisconsin's 32nd District, the husband of a girl he met at 4-H, and the father of two college-age daughters. He is literally perfect for his district, except for the fact that he is running against a Trump-loving, gun-toting, sexual assault-bragging, mega-super-troll who was one of the six congressional candidates who was at the Capitol on 1-6 and whom Trump just loves. It's believed that Brad's race will be the key indicator of which party controls the House after the midterms. Do people care about local issues, a representative that knows them and will fight for them? Or do they One, care how about, about let's go Texas Paul incinerates Ron DeSantis. So without kind further ado, please. It's kind of boring. Texas Paul incinerates Ron DeSantis for Hurricane Ian response. The Midas Mighty favorite. Tony Michael. Texas Paul is joining us. Texas Paul, how are you this morning? Oh, man, I'm, I am sad, brother. I am sad. I what, have been. What, what's going on over there? You know, it's looking more and more like South Texas. <laughs> you know, when you. You know it. Texas is different. We're just different people here. We we have this sense of pride in our state that's just like no other. I mean, it is like no other. I mean, I get I get family members that come down here and they're like, "What the hell is with all the flags, man?" And I'm like, "That's just Texas, man. We're just proud." They're like, "What are you proud of? Being Texan, you know." 
And everything I looked at today for today's preparation, just South Texas is turning into South Africa, apartheid South Africa. It's just the last few weeks, the stories I've done have just broken my heart. I mean, they're just, I tell you, Tony, you and I got to clean up our own backyard. We really do. I mean, I don't know what is wrong with, uh, white guys these days but uh yeah we got we've got to we've got to clean up so I, I learned something new today i never wanted to learn in my life you know what uh immigration calls uh asylum seekers migrants mm. tonks the what tonks have you have you heard this games have you heard this game sanchez have you heard this before tonks Tonks, T-O-N-C, tonk. You know what that is? Mm-mm. No. No. That's the sound. That's the sound a human head makes when you hit it with one of these flashlights. Oh, Jesus what? That is what Customs and Border Patrol agents, after they graduate from the the uh, academy in Glen County, Georgia, and head down to South Texas, that's brutal. The senior agents teach them to refer to uh, migrants as tonks. Um, and it's just that whole culture that's leading to what we're talking about today. You know, we just had a uh, warden of the West Texas Detention Center down in Sierra Blanca. What the Japanese did before the rape of Nanjing, the massacre, they just went in and they just, just, they just destroyed and it was, it was horrific. Because they desensitized and brutalized and dehumanized Chinese people in their culture. And that's what happened. Stockton, Texas, you know, Billy the Kid, that whole story. I, I know I know the Billy the Kid story, but the, the, yeah. the name Fort Stockton escapes me. He would, he would often cross into Mexico through Fort Stockton. He would, because, you know, most of his... his activities were in new mexico and he would cut through to texas to get you know to cross into mexico um you know through the chihuahuan desert and fort stockton was just uh, friendly to him so. Oops. <laughs> our main story tonight concerns antiquities basically relics from bygone times that can tell us stories about people from the past like your nana but less overtly racist Specifically, our story concerns what happens when he would he would often cross into Mexico through Fort Stockton. He would because you know most of his his activities were in New Mexico, and he would cut through to Texas to get you know to cross into Mexico, um, you know through the Chihuahuan Desert. And Fort Stockton was just uh, friendly to him, so he used it a lot. Well, Sierra Blanca is a little town just outside Fort Stockton. And that's where the West Texan Detention Center is. It used to be an ICE facility, and they now this they is a privately that. owned. This is a privately owned facility. Yeah, owned by a company called LaSalle. Okay. Uh, they had a contract with ICE, and ICE revoked that contract late in 2019. Um, but this guy remained on as the warden of that facility. And he is the guy that was driving down the highway uh, last week and saw a group of immigrants, uh, jumped out of his pickup truck, and 
There were 13 of them. 11 of them went and hid behind a water tower, and two of them hid behind a bush. Right. And according to testimony from all the witnesses, he told the immigrants in Spanish, he said, come out here, you little bitches. Come on, you little asses. In Spanish, he yells at them. And they didn't come out, uh, so he popped two shots into the bushes they were hiding. He hit the man in the head and killed him and shot a woman in the stomach. Oh my God! This is this is the one because he's with his twin brother, right? Is that the, right? Mike is Mike and we Mark, saw yeah. we saw their their pictures on social media, and it kind of got buried underneath other stories. Right, right. The, the hurricane. Right. <laughs> it got buried underneath the hurricane. So uh, Mike Shepard is the is the warden of the West Texas Detention Center at the time, um, and his brother Mark, you know, yells at him, "Did you get him?" And uh, they hop back in their pickup truck Jesus and they Christ, just leave like them for dead. Squirrel or something. Oh Jesus Christ. Yeah, they, they just leave them for dead. Then they tried to say, because when the investigation happened, when everybody else carried the woman, you know, the woman survived, she's in an El Paso hospital. Um, you know, everybody gave testimony. They went back and looked at camera footage to see what truck fit the description. They were able to pick the brothers up. They said, oh, we were out hunting grouse. And uh, we, we, we were shooting at grouse. And I said, really? Uh, can we see your shotgun? Okay, why does it have buckshot in it if you're hunting grouse? Oh, did I say grouse? I meant we were hunting javelina. We saw, we saw javelina hogs is what we saw. So the prosecutor, um, and I'll give him credit for this. He didn't charge him with murder. He didn't charge him with murder. He charged them uh, with manslaughter. And the reason for that, why, do you, why do you give them? Yeah, why do you give them credit? Is that is that because you think that this is going to stick to them more than the murder charges? Yeah, this is. There's no way to lose this. Right. No matter what, if you fire into a bush and you shoot a human being, you're guilty of manslaughter because you shot a deadly weapon at a target that you couldn't identify, knowing that there's human and, beings in that bush. Yeah, well, he, he's claiming he didn't know that, but it's irrelevant, the manslaughter charge, because you didn't identify your target, and you fired anyways. It doesn't matter what you thought you saw in a, in a, in a manslaughter case. That's why I'm giving that, that attorney props. He's going to take a lot of heat. A lot of people are going to want murder charges, and he's going to take a lot of heat for it, but he is a smart prosecutor. He is. He's going to get them on manslaughter, and hopefully the judge will will you know maximize the sentence, which will which would be a normal murder conviction, anyways. Um, you mean you mean you mean in Texas, if the if the judge wants to sentence him to the maximum amount, it would be almost the same as what a murder charge. Um, if first conviction for murder, yeah, right, right. Like if they got them for murder too, you know, they're not going to usually give a maximum sentence out. Uh, although there is depraved indifference in this one. I mean, it's it, it's it's a horrible, horrific right. story. But it gets worse, guys. I mean, it gets worse. I mean, um, this guy back in 2018, they had a report on his prison, and they had some Somalis that were held there, and uh, they pepper sprayed these Somalis so bad that they were coughing up blood. They beat them horribly, uh, sexually assaulted them, 
made a habit of grabbing them by the, pardon the expression, been grabbing them by the dick and pulling them around. Um, the warden himself took part in this. They, they, uh, this is the same guy that shot into the bush, right? Fucking crazy. Yeah. The warden himself took part in this. He, he, he uh, you know, would often oversee these abuses. Uh, and ima imagine being in, in, in solitary confinement, how small that cell is, and just getting soaked with pepper spray so bad that you can't stop coughing till you're coughing up blood. You know, and one of these guys, I was reading the actual report, it's a long report, but it was worth the read. One of these guys, the reason he was there was, I mean, he, he was married to an American, they'd been living here forever. He thought he was naturalized, to be quite honest. He may still have a case, but he doesn't want, doesn't want to come back. Um, his parents were naturalized. He can't remember if he was 17 or 18. If he was 17, when his parents naturalized, he was naturalized. He became a citizen. If he was 18, then he's got to go through the naturalization process himself. But he's not even going to fight that because he does not want to come back to America. He does not. This guy, the warden, punched him because he asked for underwear and socks because they were not giving them clothes to change into. I mean, they were just the same clothes forever. They were washing them in the toilet and shit like that, trying to, yeah, they said, can I get a pair of underwear and socks? The warden punched him in the face four times. And, uh, oh, the, the guy said, because there was a medical staff there attending, somebody said, you're going to let him do this? Don't you see this? The guy, the medical officer turned around and says, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. So when he's in in confinement, the warden came for a visit, and while he was handcuffed to the ground, just started kicking the shit out of him in his ribs till he was coughing up blood. And that's 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 this prince that murdered these migrants. The worst part is he stayed in his job. This report went to a federal prosecutor in West Texas. The federal prosecutor took a look at it and said, okay, some of this was done in front of ICE agents. Uh, we, 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 we need to run this up the ladder. And it ran up to the AG and DOJ and died. Who was the AG at the time? Far. Jeff Sessions. Hmm. Wasn't Jeff Sessions the one that went down to the border and denigrated people coming here and seeking refuge? I seem to remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep, that's where all the abuses and everything started, uh, separating the kids and all that stuff. And, you know, ICE was out of control. Think about this guy. The reason his story is important was he was busted in 2013 for having a little grass. I don't mean distribution. When I mean he had some grass, right? So they said, we're going to deport you. Well, they couldn't, if you remember at the time in Somalia, there was a war going on that went on for like a decade. So they said, well, we can't deport you. You just report to ICE every year and, and live your life. Go on. We'll worry about you later. Well, of course, when Trump came into office, he's like, send them all out. Get rid of all of them. So he goes to check in and, and they arrest him right there in front of his family. Sent him to the West Texas Detention Center where all this happened. So anyways, they deported him. He converted to Christianity. And uh, that's a no-no in Somalia. Um, 
I don't remember, know if you remember Black Hawk Down and all the warlords and all everything that was going on in Somalia and Mogadishu, all of that. But, I mean, um, they deported every one of these Somalis back to the middle of that war zone. Several of them were here seeking asylum because they had spoken out against these abuses in Somalia. We used them for their 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 stories, and then we deported them under Trump. Jeez. I mean, it's just it's got me so, so down, cool. guys. I just this is not my Texas. This is not my people, you know. And I just. I just, man, I'm, I, I'm, I'm raging inside. I'm just raging inside because. Your office, my friends. You know, I grew up in South Texas. I did, and this is not. You know, man, growing up in South. It's just heartbreaking. Texas is like growing up in L.A., you know what I mean? It's just, we're all, these divides aren't there until you get these fucking wackadoodles. And I'm telling you, Tony, that's why we've got to clean up our backyard, man. We really do. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with, with, with white people these days. Man. And I'm just going to say it, man. White I guys do. fucking suck right now. Um, I had a conversation just last Sunday with a, with a guy that blew his mind. His name is Daryl. He's like, he said, we were having a discussion on what to do going forward. And then I was telling him, well, we need more engagement. We need to be together, you know, because I know I grew up in an environment where there was no, you know, difference. It didn't matter what color you were. We were all together, you know, because we, we were at each other's homes. And, and, you know, I mean, hell shit. You know, they called me Gordo forever. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was my nickname for the longest time. You know? Look at <laughs> Look at Game Lab. He knows what Gordo means. Uh, Pinche Flaco. But, <laughs> but it's, you grow up together and you don't have that hate in your heart, man. And he said, yeah, but all white people are racist. He said, admit it. And I said, well, yeah. We all are. We grow up segregated for the first part of our lives and we grew up racist because there's the other that's that's human nature is programmed into us we we look at somebody who's different and we immediately this is our tribe and that's your tribe we're fight or flight programmed for it and to claim that we're not is a lie it's a lie and the cure for that is to spend time together 
so that when I look at somebody, I'm not seeing the other. That's just my brother. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I become my brother's keeper. You know, I mean, I, was, I say it all the time. Am I, we are the Am I My Brother's Keeper party because we spend time with each other. We we love each other, man. We're human beings. You know, I want as good for, for everybody as I do for myself. But these fucking Republican right-wing motherfuckers, man. You know, people like Jeff Sessions who grew up in fucking Alabama, who segregated himself his whole goddamn life, this, that, and the other, creates a policy in my fucking state that creates this culture with ICE and Border Patrol and everybody. And, you know, I, I don't blame all Border Patrol agents because they go in, when these Border Patrol agents go in, Man, it's like I was I was reading a report from Human Rights Watch that was talking about how broken our border patrol is. You know, these guys are working with fucking militias, man, racist militias down here. And border patrol agents are like buddy buddy with them. These new agents come in and they're good people. They're they're they want to do the right thing, but you put them into this broken fucking culture. And within five or six years, you've got another fucking broken agent. You do. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, other than kicking ass and taking names, I don't know what to do about this problem, man. I really don't. I mean, to fix it, we all have to cut this shit out. But to cut the shit out, we're going to have to put our boots on the fucking necks of these fucking Republicans with this goddamn culture, this division bullshit they're always trying to sow. I mean, every goddamn election. Look what Abbott's doing down here. It's an invasion. It's an invasion. Bullshit. Bullshit. You know what? You know why they're saying that? You want to really know why they're saying that? Give it to me. Guns. Guns. It all boils down to fucking guns again. Because we sell a fuck ton of guns going the other way across the goddamn border. So they want you to focus. Remember, they're always saying, accuse your enemy. They get it from Joseph fucking Goebbels, the Nazi. Accuse your enemy of what you're guilty of. So they accuse them of smuggling. They accuse them of being dangerous. They accuse them of being violent. Well, we're the fucking dangerous and violent ones. We're exporting our fucking guns. Every major clash that the Mexican government has had with cartels down there, they pick up off the dead American fucking guns. American fucking guns. These guns aren't made in Mexico, man. They're not shipped in through Mexico. They're shipped in through the Texas fucking border. And that's the problem. Yeah, sure, there are drugs coming north, but 85% of the fucking fentanyl they're they're bitching about is brought in by Americans. Mm -hmm. Cato Institute, I don't agree with a fucking conclusion that the Cato Institute comes (laughs) up with because they're libertarian. They're libertarian, and I've never agreed with libertarians. But their facts are never wrong. They don't lie. Now, what they deduce from those facts, I disagree with, but they don't lie about their facts. Right, because what you're saying is they're like, oh, there's this many pounds of fentanyl coming across the border, so that's why this group is failing. Like, well, that's not, you're you're twisting the fact. You're twisting the fact. Well, I mean, when you you see tweets of of people uh, that literally say 
this was seized, you you have to stop and say, do you know what the word means? Do you know, like, just by, by you tweeting that they seized this many pounds, hundreds of pounds of whatever the drug is, you then have to stop and say, do you understand what the actual definition of seized means? Like you're not, you're, you're not completely gra- like getting what you're, what you're tweeting out right now, which is <sighs> they're doing their job <sighs> and you're criticizing them for doing their job, but saying that they're not doing their job. So, but you see it all the time. I mean, you, you, you know, you, you just mentioned like the projection, you know, you like Joseph Gorbel's like, you want to, you want to blame others for the very thing you're guilty of. And whether it's an abortion whether it's trafficking humans, whether it's uh, uh, deaths by gun, whatever it might be, these are all things that the Republican Party is guilty of and will project onto anyone else to justify the act that they can then do, which is to buy more guns or to enforce more policies or to restrict, restrict more rights or whatever it might be. It, it's them, obviously, to control. Like We know that it works, and we've seen it before, and we've talked about on the show, like fascism, you know, isn't new and it's not inventive and it's it, it regurgitates the same types of things that they do again and again. So that's why it's like, oh, we know exactly what it is in the playbook they're trying to do, because we've literally seen it before on multiple occasions. Um, they, they don't reinvent the wheel here. There's still the same fascist regime that wants to strip away rights that, you know, you should be you should be given or, you're, or that you're born with. Right. Um, and that's Republican party. It is completely full of projection. You, it, you cannot, and that talking point there doesn't ever get old because every single day there's a new story, there's a new accusation, whatever it might be is proving that that party is guilty of the very thing that they're, they're accusing others of being. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the Republican party today is useless it's useless it's rotten to the core you know Ron, you were talking about Ron DeSantis earlier Tony I just did a, a, a an entire show last night on Ron DeSantis he you know shipped those folks up to Martha's Vineyard spent 12 million dollars everybody says how many how much water would 12 million dollars have bought but then again <laughs> he made the hypocrisy meter explode because his people are now up in New York recruiting those same Venezuelan migrants to come work in Florida to clean up this disaster area. They're offering them $15 an hour to work in the most contaminated, fucked up environment you've ever seen. There's dead people, dead dogs, feces, chemicals. This is a horrendous job. It's hazard pay is what they should be getting. And then they're offering them fifteen dollars a day per diem for food. Fifteen bucks. Yeah. So you're not going to see any buses going from Abbott or DeSantis for a while because they're going to use them in Florida. And it, the fucking hypocrisy of it, man. These people are shit stains on humanity. They just make me sick and then of course you know you've already you've already talked about the story i'm sure about uh they privatized their disaster release fund relief fund and it's a fucking 501c3 charity run by desantis's wife they're gonna steal money is what they're gonna do yeah 
she's a she's a goddamn TV, local TV anchor. Right. She's a local TV anchor. You know, Michelle Obama was an executive in a healthcare system. You know, this woman knew how to manage money, assets, resources, and people. Cassidy DeSantis is a fucking local television station news anchor. What the fuck does she know about disaster relief? What needs to be done? Well, she knows how to steal money. She's going to get advice from right. old DeSantis. I mean, that's the fact of the matter here is that, and I think is what you're trying to drive at with this whole conversation, is that the Republican Party, again, like you said, is rotten to the core, but it is like a shit sandwich eating a shit sandwich. And it is not hard. Like I said, is when the hurricane was on its way to Florida, I said, Ron DeSantis is totally going to fuck this up. And I don't need to know anything more than it's Ron DeSantis who is the governor. That's all I need to know. I don't need to know anything past that point. Just like in Georgia. We watched this drama play out on Twitter last night and this morning of Herschel Walker and his son. Well, you didn't need to know anything more, anything more, that it was Herschel Walker and Donald Trump endorsed him to know that this was going to go south, just like the Dr. Oz. And, you know, Dr. Oz is probably happy this morning because him fucking torturing animals is now out of the news and Christian Walker and his dad fighting is in the news. I don't, you know what, I'm not paying a fucking bit of attention to that. Warnock's going to kick the shit out of him. I don't give a right. fuck about I didn't give a fuck about Herschel Walker. I do care about all of these Floridians. You're talking about the, the United States home of boats, okay? I, I've got a bay boat, guys. I do. I've got a nice bay boat. I can run in a foot of water, one foot, 12 inches of water, and I can drive my boat through it. I mean, it, it, they are all over Florida. I love to saltwater fish. They are all over Florida. Sanibel Island, all the Mariel Islands out there. They've got people out there desperate for water and food today. Why we're having this conversation right. in the home of fucking boats. You're telling me nobody has put together a warehouse, a distribution system. I don't know. Told people, hey, bring your fucking boats and bring your ass here like we did in, in Houston. You remember in Houston when we had Harvey boats running up and down the street picking people up? You know, they were reporting to local officials that were telling them, coordinating with them, telling them, check this road. Okay, we check that road. Check it off. You know, I mean, yeah, they were going house to house to house to try to get these out. Republicans cannot fucking do this because they're not there to govern. I shit you not. Ron DeSantis is at a fucking Waffle House. A fucking Waffle House doing a photo op. And we still have people stranded. We still have people. If I was governor, I could not sleep until I knew everything was running like a well-oiled machine and people were being rescued. And I mean, I might, you couldn't keep my ass out of a boat. I would well, that's, that's because, though, that's because you actually have the low bar of decency. That's the problem here is we can't even we can't even get the Republican Party and its leaders to reach the low bar of just plain human decency. And that's why I knew he was going to fail. There was no way Ron DeSantis was going to be able to to make to make it happen to where all Floridians 
And this and this was done in the most proper way. He failed the moment the storm hit Fort Myers because he didn't warn those people. The governor has the ability to send out a warning, and he did not. He did not send out a warning for those people to evacuate. And if you've seen the video, you know that it should have been given hours in advance to get as many people out of those places as possible. And like you said, he shows up in St. Augustine with in a pair of white boots, flipping waffles where there's a few down branches. And you know the thing is, people in Florida understand that shit because what Ron DeSantis is doing, and here's what he's doing, Texas Paul, he's playing a national game here. He's not playing the game for Florida. He's not. He's playing the game to run for president in 2024, and he knows that he can't piss off his his tail waggers all around the country. He can't piss. He can piss Floridians off. You know what's the big deal? He can't piss off the tail waggers all around the country. The the Mongolites, the America First Nazi Party, and he's well, that's playing what that the game. Problem is. That's why you can have every Republican in Florida vote against or Marco Rubio not even show up for the vote because Democrats, you know, guys, you know why they did that? You know why they voted against that money? They want to give Democrats a win as if it was a win for Democrats, not a win for Floridians. What do you think? There is, you know, you know Political strategy. There's always political strategy. You win some, you lose some. The Democrats got them. There was gonna. They wanted to shut down. They wanted to make a big thing. They had a big media push ready for defunding the Biden administration, the criminal Biden administration. They're criminals. Look, they, you know, remember Mark Howe, the guy they're prosecuting, they're saying, oh, this poor, he loves babies, and they're just prosecuting him because he's anti-abortion, and he really beat up a 72-year-old guy twice. You know what I mean? It's like shit like that. Just they, they, This big push that the Bidens were criminals. They wanted to defund the government. The death ceiling vote was coming up. So the Democrats outboxed and they said, fine, we had a hurricane. We need to fund FEMA. All the FEMA funding is in the debt ceiling bill vote. Mm-hmm. Instead of taking the L and saying, okay, that didn't work, they did it anyways. They literally tried to shut down the government. That's right. what those no votes were for. They wanted to shut down the government in the middle. I mean, Three days in, two days into this fucking worst disaster, Ron DeSantis called it a 500-year storm, by the way. Yeah. He called it a 500-year storm. And every Republican still played this fucking game. The game, like you said, was worth more to them than helping the people that they're supposed to be helping. Yeah. I mean, they're look at Ron you know, we we we've shown the clips before. Is like you show you show Ron DeSantis on Tucker Carlson, and he plays the game of like I had to request, I had to request the money from Joe Biden, as opposed to Joe Biden already being like, hey, money, resources, whatever you need, we've got you because you are Americans, you are part of the United States. There's no reason why I would cut you off from any sort of funding or help when there's people's lives and and well-being at risk. And then you've also got that uh, Stu Stuby guy or whatever the fuck his Stubby name is. He's he's on there being like, I wrote a letter to Joe Biden, and he had to sign that letter for us to get. And it's like, but just a few days prior, 
Joe Biden had already said, hey, look, this is what we're doing. We're giving the money. Like. I'm already I'm already calling this a disaster. This is something that's already going to get our attention. I'm at FEMA. I'm having conversations. I'm dealing with logistics. I'm actually running this country like a president and not picking and choosing who gets help and who doesn't get help. And the Republican Party is going to vote against their constituents, right? They're going to take the money as they want it because they're going to grift, you know, Ron DeSantis's wife. That party will take away from others that they're supposed to be representing and then they'll blame it on something. And again, it's the projection. They'll blame it on others and be like, well, look, I, 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 I told them, I wrote them a very strongly worded email and a tweet and a truth social post or whatever the fucking bullshit that they write and said, I, I told Joe Biden, I told Joe Biden that he had to do what I said and he had to help my people. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is doing it and they're, they're voting against it, but their narrative has to be, we vote, well, we voted against it because there was pork in there or there was something else in there. God forbid we help some other region that was affected by Hurricane Ian or what have you. But because it wasn't directly all the money to this person or to this group in Florida, 
then we have to say, oh, no, 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 no. We had to vote against it. It was for your well-being. You wouldn't, right. you know, just just calm yourself down. I know what's best for you because I'm the governor or I'm the representative or I'm the senator. I mean, all of these fucking idiots are incompetent and they should not be running a state, let alone a state that every year goes through this same fucking thing, this same type of natural disaster and doesn't prepare them. You have 365 days, sometimes less than that, but you know, due to science, and technology we can track this we know the pattern in which it goes we can say hey we predict this is the pattern it's going to go through so we want to make sure that we have people on the ready to repair lines we've got people on the ready to disperse resources but instead they sit with their hands like sit on their hands and say okay well the storm came out of nowhere guys we couldn't have predicted it it's 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 frustrating it's frustrating is what it is well, but it's the same thing that you were talking about earlier, Texas, Paul, at the, at the border in Texas, where it's the it's the same bullshit, the same bullshit where they use they use what is reality and they use it to spin it in their little stupid way. And they and they don't actually do the thing that is like policy and governing, treating people like human beings and, and just doing the thing that you need to do, which is uh, govern. They don't do that. And they're not. And again, that's why it's so easy to predict how much they're going to fail because they suck at this. They totally suck at this. And really, honestly, it's intentional. They're they're yeah. they're they're sucking of government is completely intentional. Is to tear down and, your democracy, tear down your ability to want to even participate. And once you stop participating, they have full control to do whatever the hell they want, steal whatever the hell they want, treat people however the hell they want. And that is why we have to lean into democracy. That's why we have to pay attention. That's why I love having you here on Tuesdays, because I think... I think the situation in Florida with this storm and the situation at the border can be boiled down to, you know what, you're not going to stop people from coming across the border to seek asylum. They want to come here. It's a legal process. And you're not going to stop people from illegally crossing to come here for work because the fucking process to come here legally for work is so stupid. It's ridiculous because no fucking Republican will sit in a room and make sure that that process is done in a simple form so people can come here and contribute to our economy legally when it's just much easier to just cross illegally and work. It's the same situation. You know a hurricane's going to hit Florida. You know what? It, you know that the damage could be great. And you sit on your fucking hands and do nothing even after it's done and over with. It's the same fucking Republican way, the same thing. Whether you're in Florida right now with the disaster or you or you're talking about the southern border in Texas. Same shit. You know, though, man, you, you, what you were talking about it being intentional. This is uh, what's going to happen in Florida. This is intentional. They are funneling all of their their efforts through, you know, you've got the Florida Defense Fund. Well, there's there's another half to that. It's Volunteer Florida is the other half of it. That's where they do the actual cleanup and shit like that is through volunteer Florida, which is tied to the Florida defense fund, this fucking charity. 
they're setting it up to intentionally fucking fail in Florida. And then they were going to going to turn around and try to blame Biden because they know for a fact FEMA will not work with the Florida Defense Fund. They don't work that way. FEMA does not work through layers of an onion. FEMA goes to the Red Cross and says, what do you need? FEMA goes to the Salvation Army and says, what do you need? FEMA does not go to the Florida Defense Fund and say, here's my checkbook, go pay these people, because they don't need to pay salaries in between here and there. They have people on the ground there to help Catholic charities distribute clothes. That's what FEMA does and how FEMA works. They've got a volunteer army, it's called crew. It's, it's, a, they're, they're, it's a reserve, uh, it's a job you can get with, with FEMA. It, you don't work until there's a disaster and then they call you up and you go and they pay you very well to go do cleanup or managers to go out and meet with NGOs and, and stuff like that. They'll work with local you know, cities and state workers, absolutely. If state workers are like, man, we don't have enough equipment, Freedom is like, equipment, we'll rent it, we got it, we got you, no problem, whatever you need, we're there. But they will not fucking cut checks to organizations like uh, the, the Florida Disaster Fund. They will not put that layer in between what they're doing. And DeSantis knows this. That's why he's intentionally, one, telling everybody, this is where you donate. This is where you donate. Don't send money or food or, I mean, don't send food or or, or water or anything like that. Send money directly to this fund. But he knows FEMA's already there. But FEMA's not working with these people. They're not. They're not going to work with these people. They, They, that's not how they operate. That's why when you saw in Puerto Rico, FEMA had a fuck ton of water sitting on the docks. They had made arrangements with NGOs to distribute it. And the fucking uh, sorry ass, I can't remember his name, uh, the president of Puerto Rico, that corrupt motherfucker, wanted to put his company in there to distribute that water. And FEMA's like, it's delivered, we made arrangements. That's what we do. You want to fuck your people, that's on you. And that's the same thing that's going to happen unless it gets to be Katrina bad. If it gets to be Katrina level bad, the federal government will federalize this response, which to me, looking at this whole clusterfuck DeSantis has set up, needs to happen immediately. We, We need to learn from Katrina and say, you cannot do this. Right. You cannot fucking do this you just made a tv anchor in charge of your disaster relief you are fucking incompetent and they need to federalize the national guard down there and fema needs to take over now instead of waiting until people are dying from fucking dysentery out on sanibel island you know i mean it's just you see it tony you see it gabe I see it. Anybody that's watching what's going on down in Florida, Jesus Christ, they're pulling dead kids out of the Lee County juvenile facility because the fucking Republican sheriff down there would not evacuate the juvenile facility. Fucking crazy. They're pulling dead kids out of this jail right now. But DeSantis is going to lie about it. 
DeSantis is going to lie. He lied about COVID. Mm-hmm. He lied about he was you're, he is not going to be a reliable source of information, and he's not going to be a reliable partner to work with. He's not. Well, he's either because he's lie a fucking Republican. He's, he's either going to lie or he's not going to acknowledge it. I mean, we've already seen the early developments of his strategy, which is I'm going to go to the opposite side of the state that had little damage and show how much good is happening right now because of our strategy and our plan. But really, he's just ignoring the west side of the state that was completely ravaged by this hurricane. And so by not acknowledging it, right, by focusing all the effort, by flipping pancakes at a Waffle House or, you know, handing water out in, in, in St. Augustine or areas that aren't actually uh, devastated, right? He's wearing his fucking white water boot, like whatever. I don't know what the shit he's wearing, but it's all performative. It's all performative. Nothing he's doing is actually helping the people of Florida and the people he's giving his attention to and drawing a distraction from, he's not actually helping, right? He's going around like, oh, look, some branches went down. Like, yeah, to the same extent that when it's windy here in LA, palm trees fall apart, right? But in Florida, he's completely ignoring the part of the state that was actually hurt, that was actually having people that suffered, lost their homes, their livelihood, their family members. He's ignoring those people. And by not acknowledging it, he's very much taking the Trump approach, which is like, I'm not responsible. You know, if I don't like out of sight, out of mind. And that is what Republicans do. If I don't see it and we don't talk about it, it was never really there. Right. And that is what his strategy is, whether to lie or just flat out ignore. And just like trying to shut down the government in the middle of a natural disaster, they're going to say your fault. Right. It's your fault. Right. It's your fault. Brandon did this. Brandon well, did this. I didn't do it. I I tried. Like right. Gabe said, I sent a memo. I sent yeah, a right. memo. You know. Well, and that's and that's and that's the story of the Republican Party here, is that they don't want to govern because they know governing's hard, and it's hard to re- when you actually govern for the people. It's really hard to screw the people. It's really hard if you if you really focus on governing for the people who elected you. And for your constituents, it's really hard to fuck them in the end. It's really hard to. So what you do is you just point the finger with projection at the other side while you're taking the money, taking the power, taking all the fruit for yourself. That way your constituents get fucked and you blame it on the other side because they're the ones, they're the ones. I mean, if this hurricane had not hit Florida, my guess is every single Republican congressman, the the governor of Florida... The senators, Republican senators from Florida would say, abolish FEMA, abolish FEMA. They would be wanting to abolish FEMA. But now they love FEMA. They love right. FEMA today because they're going to steal. Yeah. They're going to steal from it. Now are they going to steal? Not only are they going to steal the effort and the recovery that FEMA actually is organizing, but they're going to steal. They're going to try to steal the fucking money. It is going to happen, folks. That's what they do. That is what they do. And Tony, I tell you, you got me right here in the fields in that when, in in that opening because you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It can't just be me and you and Gabe screaming, "Hey, this is going on." This that, and the other. People have to pull their heads out of the Kardashians' asses for a minute. Stop watching all the pop pop culture bullshit and focus on what's fucking going on. Because I'm telling you, folks, this is your last chance. If you fuck this up and you give Republicans power, 
I, if you let the Republicans even take the House, we are fucked. We as a country are fucked like you've never seen. These people are insane. They are insane fucking don't give a shit, will watch you die kind of people. They, they, I can't stress it hard enough. It can't just be us, you know? It cannot just be us. I got, I, I got four voters yesterday, guys. I got four voters. One of them, I took my wife to Red Lobster, and we went to lunch at Red Lobster, and my waitress was there, and I'm like, are you registered to vote? She's like, yes, my mom made me promise to go register for, to vote, and I did. And I said, okay, well, look, look, let me tell you something. Let me tell you why you, not just you have to vote. You have to get one of your friends to vote because you see that guy at that table right there, and I pointed over there, and, of course, so I'm, I'm sitting at a dinner table. I've got my hat off. It's sitting in a chair. You know, you've got this guy who walked in with an American flag T-shirt that turned into AR-15s draping down you know what i mean really the said, guy it said, sounds like you will not stop my rights and he had a beard like my old beard before i shaved it off you know and i told her she happened to be african-american she's a wonderful person alexis if you see this you were a wonderful human being i said that racist motherfucker right there is gonna vote mm-hmm. your vote is gonna cancel out his vote that's right mm-hmm. but for us to win you have to bring one more person with you. That's right. right. Because that's how we get ahead. That's right. If you vote just you, all you're doing is canceling that racist cocksucker's vote out. You have to bring somebody with you. And she was like, wow, I, I, I never thought about it that way. <laughs> but that's the truth. It can't just be me voting. It can't be just the people in the chat, people in our bubble. We have to get busy get out there get people you go through a drive-thru recruit somebody you go to dinner recruit somebody you go to walmart recruit somebody everywhere you go you got to be talking about this for the next month man october 11th is deadline here in texas people you have to be registered by october 11th after october 11th i can get no more voters if they're not already registered got a few more days folks get out there and check your registration check other people's registration as well make sure they are registered to vote get your buddy system going that's right that's right texas paul i always enjoy having you here on tuesdays i know the audience does too and i i hate to go because um i i love talking about all this stuff and but we really got to get to the shit list roundup i got i got some herschel Walker. i know you don't want to talk about herschel walker but i got i got to run down through this Fuck and why this guy. is so important why this is so important to the election because i think that's that's what people need to understand and i said it in the beginning that this herschel walker story yeah it's about him and his son but really the person that's terrified the most this morning that's shitting their diapers in georgia is kemp is governor kemp this is bad for him this is really bad for him and his campaign, and I'll explain that. But Texas Paul, tell us where we can find you. Tell us where the audience uh, can find you. I know you have some stuff going over on, on YouTube. Uh, tell them what they can do over there on YouTube for you. This Wednesday, 9, 9 p.m. Central, we uh, have TNT. Me and Tennessee Brando get together and break down what's going on. And on Sundays at uh, 9 a.m., pardon me, I moved it to 10 because a lot of the West Coasters were like, please don't make me get up this early. 
clean tone. <laughs> so I said, okay, 10 o'clock uh, in the morning, central time, we're doing uh, coffee with Texas Paul. We just have a nice conversation about what's going on. And of course, take questions from the chat there at the end of every show. So that's great. Enjoy well, it, folks. Come see me. Yeah, go, go follow, go follow and subscribe. It's free to subscribe on YouTube to Texas Paul's channel, and he's got a free show over there for you, two of them every single week. It's easy to find, and I got a link tree up. It's link, uh, it's, uh, linktr.ee slash Texas Paul. That's great. That's great. Um, the Texas Paul, thanks for joining us. Everyone, stick around. We'll be right back with the shit list roundup right after this break. My friend, you Love have a you good guys. one. We'll see you next Tuesday. Best, best podcast bad co- best podcast there is, guys. The best bod- podcast bed- podcast. At all time and he fumbles there at the end. Thanks a lot, Texas Paul. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Everyone yeah. go follow Texas Paul's channel on YouTube. We'll talk everyone stick around. We'll be right back right after this break. Right. That was freaking great. Hope you enjoyed that too.